Welcome in to the Get Your Happy On Hour, featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. Hey! Welcome to the Get Your Happy On Hour. I'm your host, Ricky C. Simmons, on 93.7 The Ticket. You know, I got to give a big shout-out to Falls City, Nebraska, man. You guys showed a lot of love the other night, and I just want to let you know that it wasn't taken for granted. And the standing ovation... Get out of here. Man, y'all made me feel real special. I just want to say thank you. Big shout out to Falls City. You know, Falls City already knows this, but I'm going to share something with you guys on air tonight. It's well documented that I've had a lot of peaks and valleys in my life. You know, a lot of times people want to keep those parts of their life private because it's not something easily discussed because you got to actually – Throw yourself under the bus is a term that I use. And that's not easy to do, man, especially to people that don't know you. And if you've had the opportunity to get it together after the storm, then you really don't want people to know. And I'm I'm telling you this because, like I said, a lot of you already know, but I want you guys to know we're going to have a – we got a great show set up tonight with uh, my guest is a, a person that I think you guys will find very interesting – uh, I call it a success story, which I love those. So we're going to get right into it, man, because we got a lot to cover. I want to welcome Bob Haney. How you doing, man? I'm doing awesome, brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, look, Bob, I mean, I know a little bit, but I want everybody to know a lot. Right. So gotcha. Here, um, I'm going to just start off with, man, uh, where are you from? Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha. You grew up in Omaha? I grew up in Omaha, and then when I was, I kind of have uh, like a bad Jackie Collins novel child. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have, I have, let's see, 10 marriages and nine divorces between three parents. Wow. Um, it was not a terribly stable um, childhood. It was kind of uh, sometimes dangerous and uh, sketchy. All at the same time, and when I was 13, I moved to live in South Dakota with my mom and stepdad. Um, my sister and I moved, and then uh, I went to high school in Yankton, South Dakota. Okay. <clears throat> um, moved back. To, I was a college athlete. I played baseball. I walked on at Nebraska. Um, my freshman year, there were, I think, 250 walk-ons for, like, two positions. Oh, wow. And I was kind of a – I was a naughty kid. I was a good kid. I didn't get caught, but I was kind of naughty. Okay, okay. Got away with some <laughs> I, things. I was naughty and nice. I, I, was a, I was a good student, but I, I had the propensity to smoke a little pot in my day. And uh, my freshman year, I walked on. Uh, Sanders, John Sanders was, yeah. was the coach. Um, he said that the, the cut list will be outside the athletic department every day. And I didn't hear him say that. And I just kind of kept going back every day so this kid kurt thomas he was another pitcher um the final day of cut um of the cut tryouts i guess um i i could tell that the kids that were that were there with me were kind of dwindling down and that the scholarship athletes and the and the players you know were starting to filter in and practice with us and, and so that he said that uh the final cut list will be outside the athletic department room door every as it has been every day and i said i kind of I said, Kurt, I said, have you been going to check? And he goes, no, haven't you? Haven't you? I'm like, huh? He's just going to right. He said, yes. And I said, no, I haven't. And so I went and I was one of the two, one of the two players um, 
that they that they brought on and from 250 walk-ons out of 250 and wow. so my my high school girlfriend um about two weeks later week and a half later it was the first um inter squad game and ray tromba who is the pitching coach he goes you're starting and i said i i my, I can't. I got to go back up to South Dakota because my high school girlfriend thought she was pregnant. And I went back to Yankton, and I was so embarrassed that I did that. I did that. I never went back. And oh wow! So that was so. Then the then my freshman year after I I quit playing, um, I started drinking and doing a lot of drugs, and I went through rehab after my freshman year in college, and then I walked on it. Iowa Western and played there and then dropped out of college, quit playing baseball and followed my now wife, you know, Kathy yes, to Arizona. Yeah. Okay. I, and she and I, I had given her a ring when we were 12 years old <laughs> <laughs> that she still has. Oh, wow. she still has it. And so then, so then we went, I followed her to Arizona. Um, that was when I really heavily got into drugs. She and I went different directions. I didn't see her for 25 years. We reconnected 15 years ago, got married eight years ago. And, but the, in between all of that was the story that you know. Well, you know, I guess what I'm, where I'm going with this next is after you left college, mm -hmm. uh, you went to Arizona, you said you got into all these lows. Yeah. Okay. Peaks and valleys, as you peaks, call. Yeah. I, and I call, I do yeah, the same thing. Yeah, I say the same thing. I mean, a lot of people don't understand just how how difficult that is to to deal with. I mean, I'm not making excuses for it. No, it's a it's a choice that we both made. Sure, sure. But the fact that uh, you were able to survive it, I want you to share with everybody this story. I think you've told me before, but I thought it was a great story. <clears throat> you was actually you somehow you ended up in New York. I so I had. So after Kathy and I <clears throat> went different directions when I was 20, 21, um, I was drunk in a bar in Arizona. A lot of my story started, I was drunk in a bar. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, I was, I was drunk in a bar in Arizona and this, this dude came up and asked me if I wanted to, um, if I had ever modeled before. And I was like, no. And he said, I, I'm doing a calendar. Um, do you want to do it? And I, and to be perfectly honest, I didn't remember talking to this guy at all. And two weeks later, I get this phone call. He said, we're shooting today. I said, you're sh shooting what? And he goes, we're shooting the calendar I talked to you about. So I ended up doing this calendar, went through, <clears throat> ended up like before that calendar came out, um, I had called my mom in Kansas City. She and my stepdad had moved to Kansas City and I had called her and said, I need help because I after Kathy and I broke up, I heavily into cocaine and I was apparently my dad and my first stepdad in Omaha had gotten a call at some point while I was living in Arizona and he and somebody said to him he said I and I he didn't know who it was but they said either get your son out of Arizona or he's gonna get killed wow so apparently I was <clears throat> things that I was doing was stepping on people's toes so anyway I um moved to Kansas City went through rehab the second time in three years and that was when I started modeling and I started doing um, a lot of <clears throat> local stuff in Kansas City. And then I worked in, in Denver and Chicago or <clears throat> Denver and Dallas um, after modeling for like seven years in those three cities. I went to Chicago and couldn't get representation. 
Um, this woman, Marie Anderson Boyd, said, go to, go to Florida and test with some photographers, and we'll see how you do. Well, I ended up meeting Egon von Furstenberg, who was the Prince of Italy. Um, he owned an agency in Milan. I met he and this booker at this agency the next day after I had met him. Um, three days later, they called, and they said, we want you in Milan. I said, well, I don't have any money because I was broke. Right. Um, Cause I spent all my money on drugs and booze. And so I said, I, you know, you're going to have to fly me there. Um, you're going to have to give me money to live and a place to live. And they said, all right. So I ended up flying to Milan, um, worked in Milan for, tried to work in Milan for about three months, ended up in Greece, worked there and actually, you know, wor- worked and made some money in Greece um, at this point, I'm like 29 years old. I go back to the United States I'm living in Chicago. Um, again, perpetuating my abuse ended up in rehab at, at Hazelden for the third time and then ended up in New York and, um, at a halfway house in New York. And I was clean for about 10 months and ended up, um, going back and I walked out of a crack house in Harlem one Sunday morning, and I don't know how long I had been there. And about two years later, I finally got sober. And 22 years ago, man, and here congr- I am. Yeah, congratulations, man. I mean, and I appreciate your honesty and your courage, you know, just to admit that because it's not easy. Uh, a lot of people that have been through things less than that don't want to admit it. Oh, sure. Yeah, you sure, know, sure. so I'll just say, man, I'm, I'm proud of you. Well, you know, it's, it's, you know, the, the whole, the whole process of being sober and being clean and doing what I do now, which is heavenly waffles. Right. Um, I had cooked my entire life. Um, baseball and, and cooking were my two passions and I never worked in restaurants when, with like the first seven years I was modeling, I waited tables and I bartended, but I never wanted to be back in the kitchen because I didn't want to lose that passion for cooking. And I kind of, when I was playing baseball at Iowa Western, I kind of, it became a job. Right, I, right. I tell you what, kudos to all of the college athletes out there. Cause it's a job. People who don't think it's a job, it's a job. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so all of the things that I did and, and <clears throat> when I was in, when I was in Europe, I, I would always cook for people. Um, when I, when my grandmother turned, I was living in, when I was living in Kansas city before I went to Europe and was modeling over there, um, I would drive up to Omaha once a month and cook for my grandma. She, when she turned 80, she kind of quit eating. And so I would drive up to Omaha, play cards with her and, um, we'd smoke cigarettes and play, play cards. And I would fill her refrigerator with foods and, and I would make pan crepes. And so it was a pancake cross between a pancake and a crepe. Um, some ingredients of a pancake recipe. My mom made some ingredients of a pancake recipe. My grandma made, one day there wasn't one of the ingredients, which was sour cream, but there was yogurt in the refrigerator. I'm like, oh, that'll work. And so <laughs> that's how that recipe was born. When I was in Europe, I would cook for everybody and I would give anybody recipes of anything else that I would make except for that. Right. Just because my grandmother was during, during when, when my mom got divorced from my first stepdad, my first stepdad got custody of all of us kids and made my mom out to be an unfit mother. Oh, wow. But she wasn't. But he basically took us away from her for six years. And so my grandmother was my rock and my foundation. And so, um, because I had created that pancake crepe recipe with her for her because of her, 
Um, and, and she was, she was my stability as a kid. And so, um, I never gave that, I never gave that recipe out. So when I retired from modeling, I trademarked the name Pancrapes, sold it as a batter, um, had them in restaurants all over Omaha, did the farmer's market. I had two licensing agreements fall through, one with ConAgra, one with Ventura Foods. Um, so after those two agreements fell through, I ended up moving to Austin, Texas, went to La Cordon Bleu, graduated from La Cordon Bleu, summa cum laude. I was never a summa cum laude anything, except, <laughs> except, except for the, you know, doing the things that I did wrong. Yeah, I um, and so... Um, I ended up graduating from there, moved back to Omaha, trademarked the name Pancrapes and started selling it. Um, I guess in, I had converted the batter to a shelf stable dry mix and we had them in 250 high V's and no frills and Russes. And when we would go do demos, we would sell out. But when we weren't there, they sat on the shelves. So about seven years ago, we changed the name. We changed the mixing instructions from adding water to adding club soda and egg and oil and changed the name to heavenly waffles um got out of retail and started doing events and you know we do events here right right um, you know when we're available on heavenly waffle sunday or wednesdays right and so um do events and so we've kind of now we've transitioned into working on getting our mix into retail well let me ask you this though uh, i was talking to you a little bit before the show when you when you started doing Heavenly Waffles, it was about seven years ago. Is that correct? Yep. And it's a it's a real tedious process trying to get this to be a household name. Is that true? <laughs> it is. It's really difficult. I yeah. mean, it's people don't understand the process it takes a just to get into grocery store chains on a national level because you have to have distribution well if you don't have the grocery store chains already selling them then the distributors won't pick you up so it's like a chicken or the egg what came first the chicken or the egg and right, it's, right and it's kind of the same thing so we have we have our mix in in restaurants all over the country as well the university of nebraska serves them to all their athletes university of miami they're they're close i think they're coming on board soon university of tennessee university of south florida We've just been vetted and cleared to start selling our mix to every major league baseball training facility, every spring training facility, but we still don't have distribution in the food service arena. So like Cisco, U.S. Foods, Reinhardt. Right, um, right, right. And so they want us to have, you know, hundreds of facilities already ser serving them so that once they pick us up, they'll have inventory to get out. Well, we can't get national chains to pick us up unless we have distribution and so it's like one thing or the other yeah well you know the one thing i'll tell you about it is you've already beat the odds i i believe we have yeah, the yeah, fact that yeah. i'm here and yeah. alive right <clears throat> i think there's um you know so many times people people wonder why i tell so many stories about my past and it's like well i think and i, I know some of it i'm not proud of a lot of it i'm not terribly proud of Right. However, I wouldn't change anything because if I changed one or two of the different things in my past, I wouldn't be here in the present. And see, and that's the part right there where I think the courage pays off. Right. Because, see, once you put it out there yourself, then the sting of, right. of people finding out sure. is gone. Sure. You know and And when Heavenly Waffles becomes a household name, I'm sure there are people, people will come out of the woodwork with stories about, 
me yeah, back in the day. Yeah, I remember when he used to do this. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And, and that's totally fine because, you know, I think we're in a society today that understands that if a person says they're perfect, you need to have your feet start moving because <laughs> they're lying, first of all. Right. And then something's good is never going to come from that because, man, you can't. I haven't met nobody perfect. No. And anyone that says they are, then all I really need is what I call the 50 feet rule. Right. You know, you can you can be perfect over there, like way over there. 50 feet away from yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my point I'm trying to make is when you're honest about your past and you are trying to go forward and do something productive, which is what I see. Sure. You know, I mean, I think that's something that needs to be appreciated right and respected society may disagree with me there but that's okay my thing is i'm saying to you just the fact that you were given another opportunity at life sure to trademark this right and to be as far as you may in my opinion you've you're already successful for sure but for you, sure but but i understand the concept of we wasted a lot of time so now we are on a mission. Mm -hmm. We got right, you know, and we're trying to get as much done as we can because life doesn't come with a contract. Well, I you know I look at I look at all of the things that the, the many years that I it took me to get to where I am. Right, and and I think about the time wasted, the money wasted, the the self esteem. You know, when you're drinking and doing drugs, yeah, your self esteem is horrible you yeah. just feel awful about yourself and then it's a vicious circle because you know you go out and tear it up at night and then you wake up the next day and you feel horrible about yourself right the fact that i'm still alive is is a miracle literally a miracle well i'll tell you one thing i agree with you 100 percent, and the reason why is because i know from personal experience as well so what i'm saying to you is this distribution deal that they're talking about you'll get it yeah well you know you'll yeah. get it it's just it's like we got to go through some tests. Peaks and valleys. Yeah, peaks and valleys. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, it's uh and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up and say it like this. Like the get your happy on hour. Get your happy yeah. on for sure. I I really literally I I create that every day. Right. You see what I'm saying? And everybody don't want to be happy all the time. I understand that. But see, I'm not trying to be everybody. I'm trying to be me. Right. And that's the same thing you're doing with with your wall, you're trying to create something that you want to create and you're going to meet resistance. Oh, for sure. Oh, that's so much resistance. And, and it's, it's funny because, um, what Kathy and I do, we have so much fun and you've, you yeah. watch oh, us. Absolutely. We have, we have so much fun. We get to, because and I guess I haven't told, told the listeners 40% of heavenly waffles. It's the dry mix is a dry yogurt, 40% yogurt, seven grams of protein. Only 110 calories per waffle. Um, we have, uh, you can go to heavenlywaffles.com and order. But what we do, we because of um, the ingredients in our product, there's no other product on the market like it. When people bite into them, they're like, they're surprised, A. Right. They're amazed that it can be so healthy as well as good. And and we so if we can surprise people and make people smile everywhere we go, right? that's a win. Well, you know, the one thing I noticed about I used to just piss people off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know when I eat them, you know, they don't sometimes when I get a full stomach, I get sleepy. Sure. And I don't have that when no, I, no. When I I've it's never the, had right, that it's that hypoglycemic reaction. So, 
because we're replacing 40% of the traditional flour with 40% dry yogurt, and, and also we're reducing the sodium by a ridiculous amount, um, you don't have that hypoglycemic reaction, that big dough ball in your belly, and that tired feeling. Yeah, well, man, I, I'll be honest with you. When I first tried them, I was like, man, <laughs> this is different. It is. <laughs> it's different. It is. And I've been eating them ever since. So, I mean, <laughs> as often as possible. Yeah, you don't have to twist my arm. I mean, all you got to do is give me a heads up. There you <laughs> go. Hey, man, we got healthy waffles down here today. And I'm like, okay, man, I'll be there. I'll see you in 20. <laughs> I, I want you to know something, man. I really think it's important that you keep doing what you're doing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk about a whole lot more stuff, but I just wanted to get that part out right now because I thought I think that was something that needed to be put out front right. so that we can talk freely now. Sure, sure. And, and you don't have to have your, your guard up. Right. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on 93.7 The Ticket to get you happy on our Don't Go Anywhere. Woohoo! Happy on hour featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. And we're back. Man, I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I appreciate the honesty. Uh, I appreciate the courage that it takes to admit your past faults because, you know, that's where our society likes to, you know, we like to focus on the negative. So, you know, when you, when you throw your negative out there, you actually take the sting away from society because they can't hold it against you. So, Bob, I'm going to say, man, congratulations on getting your life turned around, first of all. Thank you. And I'm really, really, really proud of the fact that you uh, you took something, you found something that you could do that you enjoyed doing. Sure. And you, you turned it into a business. Right. And to me, I think <clears throat> that's, that's priceless because <clears throat> think about all the people that get up every day. Probably be some in the morning getting up with that, I hate to go to work. Right. Man, I hate it. I mean, every day that I wake up, and I'm pretty sure it's real close to the same for you, every day you wake up, you get the opportunity to go do what you enjoy doing. Right. And that's, man, to me, that's priceless. And to come from where you came from, to get to where you are now, and, man, the sky's the limit to where you can go. Sure. So all I'm saying to you is, even though a lot of people may not be encouraging you, I want to encourage you personally to keep doing what you're doing because you're going to be fine. I appreciate I know, that. I know it don't seem like it right this second. Uh, uh, sometimes get... it, yeah, it's some days, and again, it it's peaks and valleys. You know, some days it's amazing. I mean, a lot of days. Most days it is amazing. Every once in a while we'll have to be down in the valley, but you know what? You learn more in the valley than you do on the peak. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I agree. Kathy and I get the opportunity. We love what we do, and we do what we love. And if the if you do that, you don't work a day in your life. I, boy, I couldn't agree with you more. I I say that all the time. If you if you love what you do, <laughs> you're just getting paid to, to do what you love doing. Right. I mean, it's, it's not, not really not work. work. Yeah. No, it's not, it's work. not work at all. No, no, it's, no. It's so no. much fun. I, I I've heard people talk about the grind. Oh yeah. This ain't no grind. No. 
Yeah. I mean, there, there's portions of what we do that aren't as fun as others. Right. For but, sure. Yeah. Um, but on a daily basis, we get to do what we love and we get to make people smile. And, and, and the things that are coming our way is just, I have to pinch myself so many times. The yeah. fact that, the fact that we've been vetted, we, we have been invited to the MLB winter meetings. Okay. And when you say MLB, explain major, it. major league baseball, major league baseball, and so we get to go to Nashville in December and, um, I couldn't make it in the major leagues with my arm, but I'm going to make it with my heavenly waffles. There you go. And so we are, are going to have the opportunity to cook for, um, you know, all of the attendees and uh, more importantly, the registered dietitians. And cause they're kind of the, um, they're the people who will approve right, getting heavenly right. waffles into their training tables. And so it, it's just, and then we found out the other day, two, two days ago, yesterday, maybe, that we're, we get to do the fancy food show in Las Vegas. You have to be approved to, you know, or vetted and approved to be able to do that. Okay. Um, and so it's one of the top, I guess, three food shows in the country every year. And it's, you know, it's, it's a springboard to get distribution like we were talking about earlier. Right, and, right. And showcase our product and, and show the, the culinary world or the, the food world our product on a, on a grander scale. And I think that's important because see, the more venues you can get in like that. Right. I just like your opportunities to get closer to those distribution deals. Right. Because the more people get to know by having their waffles, eventually if you keep, it's, it's like that old saying, you keep hanging around a barbershop, you're going to get a haircut. You're going to get your haircut. Yeah, so that's if, right. if, people, if people keep hearing Heavenly Waffles, at some point they're going to try them. Right. And that's all you want and them to do. And once they try it, you know. Uh, yeah, well, I'm Once people I'm, try them, I'm like, a victim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a victim. Uh-huh, exactly. And, and, and the, the funniest part about it is, before I tried them, I really wasn't a big waffle guy. You're my favorite customer. <laughs> That really, because there are there's a lot of people who don't like waffles. Yeah. I, I, ironically enough, and and the reason they don't like them is because of how they make you feel, and because heavenly waffles don't make you feel like you have that, a big dough ball in your belly. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. People, I, the ninety, we're probably ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the people who say they don't like waffles that love our product. Yeah. Well, like I said, I I tried it because basically I met you through. My little brother. Right. You know, Randy, big shout out to Randy J. Exactly. Goodwin. Exactly. You know, uh, Randy introduced us, man. And, you know, and then I, and he was, after you left, he was telling me about, about the waffles. And he, you know, and Randy can, he can sell ice to an Eskimo <laughs> in the wintertime anyway. But, I mean, he was just so excited about. He's emphatic. Yeah. About oh, Heavenly Waffles. Yeah. I mean, I know he's a foodie. <laughs> But I am too. So right. uh, he just kept going. He just kept going. I'm like, man, you know, okay, man. All right, all right, little bro. You know, just because it's you, I'll try him. And, uh, you know, really and truly, when I first tried him, I was just going to do him just that one time just right. to appease him. <laughs> now, you got me looking for help. Was the first time you had him at our house? Was no, that the first no, time? No, it, it was actually. Or was it at Lanahan? Did he? Lan- bring- yeah. So you came out to Lanahan, yeah. Gotcha. I, I came out there, man, and, uh-huh. and I brought Odious, Odious Lee. Oh with yeah, me. love and Odious. I, hey, big shout out to my big brother, Odious Lee. Odious, we're gonna he's be on the stream. 
Whoa. Odious tapped in. I love Odious. it. Odious, what's going on, brother? Hey, Otis, man, you see who I got with me, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know you want me to look out for you, big bro. I got you. Don't worry about it. November 19th, Atlanta, we'll be at Atlanta Hunt Nursery. It's a Sunday, 11 to 2. We're doing the cornbread heavenly waffle with the 11-hour braised pot roast chili on top, and that, oh. as well as traditional. Oh. Um, Otis, but, yeah. oh, big bro, you heard him, right? Okay. November 19th. November 19th. Exactly. <laughs> we we also just picked up Rexius Nutrition Lincoln and Rexius South Nutrition. And uh, two, two Rexius Nutritions in Lincoln just started selling Heavenly Waffles. And you have another place already here. Culinary Cul Kitchen. Culinary oh, yeah. Kitchen. Yeah, big yeah, shout out yeah, to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Ke uh, Kevin Knutchen owns Culinary Kitchen, Da Vinci's, and... Uh, Greenfields. Okay. And so hopefully soon Greenfields is going to start serving Heavenly Waffles. About 95% of Culinary Kitchen's menu is Heavenly Waffles. I trained their staff, um, helped RJ with the menu, got him trained on how to make Heavenly Waffles properly because there is a little, there, there, there's a few different idiosyncrasies to our product because of the dry yogurt. You have you have to blend it in a blender, and then when you before you close the waffle iron, you have to let it start to bubble. Like you wait for a pancake to bubble before yeah. you flip it. Let the bubbles start to appear on top of the heavenly waffle batter. Then close the uh, waffle iron for about five minutes. Well, I tell you what, I just catch them when they're done. <laughs> That's the best way to catch them. Catch them when they're done. Catch them when they're done. <laughs> but you know, man, I just want to again. I just I'm just proud of you, man, and I I'm a I'm going to keep saying that because I want you to understand when you're doing something that's very big that no one really understands like you understand it. Sure. Sometimes you got to give yourself credit. That's very true. And and I guess I look back at, at my past, my present, my future, um, and being able to make the decision 22 years ago has enabled God's plan to be fulfilled for me. You know what I mean? You yeah, know what I'm talking exactly, about? And exactly. it's like, had I been, had I continued doing what I was doing, I'd, I'd have died. And I would have never been able to fulfill God's plan for me, and which is what I'm doing right now. And it's clearly what I was, what God intended me to do. And, and you're doing a great job at it. And you're having fun. I mean, think about that. Just that simple concept. Besides all the other stuff that's coming. Sure. I mean, the fact that you are given another opportunity to do something that you really love when technically we both well, I'm have done living it. on borrowed time. Yeah, well, we both have done enough <laughs> not to be here. Right. Let, let, oh, let, my let, goodness. Let, let's, let's make that clear. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, basically you're making the most out of whatever time we, you, you may have left. Right. And I respect that because that's exactly what I'm doing. I, I, I respect right. it. I respect well, the roads that we went down were not, um, I guess they, they weren't traditional. It was not a traditional path. No. Um, but we're both in a place that we're happy for. Oh yeah. Well, to me, every day that I'm blessed to see is another day in paradise. Sure. You know, I say that all the time, 50,000 times a day and people think it's just a saying, but it's really how I feel. And what I'm and reason why I say it is, is is my way of saying thank you, right, to the power greater than all of us, right. I mean, I don't take anything for granted, and most people that are in recovery, right, they don't take stuff for granted. 
You can't. You, I mean, you, you just you, well, you can, can, but you there's can. some consequences coming. Well, like. Yeah, those are the people. The people that take in our in our positions that mm -hmm. take things, start taking things for granted again. Those are the ones who go back. Absolutely, but, I agree. I mean, when you when, when I say don't take things for granted, I mean it's the simple things. I'm not talking about the big things. I'm talking about the simple things. And simple as you know, the fact that you can think. Right. You know the the fact that you woke up. You know, those, I mean, those, those aren't guaranteed. So I, I think I've told you the story about, about three or four months before I quit drinking. I came to, uh, I don't even, I don't even know what day it was, but it was, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. I came to, I woke up and, and I was getting dressed to go back to the bar that I had left at like three o'clock in the morning <laughs> and, and th sitting on the side of my bed thinking, this is a vicious circle and I don't think I'm ever going to be able to stop. And that was like three months, but, and, and not, not even kind of thinking that like in the, my, the deepest of my heart, knowing that I don't think I'm going to be able to stop this. Right. And I knew that I was going to go start drinking again. And I knew I was going to go score again. Right. <clears throat> and thinking, I don't know how I'm ever going to be able to get out of this vicious circle. And I seriously, I remember that day, as vividly as the day that I came to again, like two o'clock in the afternoon and thinking I'm going to die, I'm going to end up in jail or I'm going to end up hurting somebody in an accident and I wouldn't be able to live with myself. And the second that that, that final thought passed my, my brain, it was like God touched me and I didn't know it was God at the time. It, I just thought my, the compulsion to drink was gone. It literally was just gone like that. Right. And so, and, and, you know, years later I realized, you know, it was God saving me again. Um, but had I not been able to do that, I would, I'd be dead. You know, the thing is, man, you were given another chance. I call that a blessing. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that you got that blessing and you're taking advantage of it. You know, I think, I, you know, I, I just think that it's important, man, that you, that you continue doing what you're doing. And if there's anybody out there listening, or that knows someone that is struggling, man, just encourage them not to give up. Right. Because the moment you give up, then the devil wins. You know? the, those, the people who quit are the people who fail. Right, yeah. You know, I mean, but the devil, I think the devil, man, this is just my personal opinion before I say this, but I think I've seen the devil at, at, a, at a gym trying to get a membership. I think he's starting to lift weights or something. He just, <laughs> he don't give up, man. He, he, don't, he don't need sleep. He don't need any no. rest. He's like 24-7. I call him Nick at night because he's up all night doing everything he can do to make you not want to be successful. So never give up. Uh, my good friend Maggie Thorne, that's her saying, never give up. And I respect that because it takes a certain mindset to be able to get past the addiction, the active addiction. Right. And we're going to be dealing with it forever. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All it would take, literally all it would take is one drink for me. And I, and I, I know that for a fact because I had been sober for about three and a half years. I was on my way to Miami to test with photographers and my old roommate and I had, he, my roommate from Kansas city, he and I drove there and then he flew back to, um, to Kansas city. But we were in, we were in new Orleans and I hadn't had a drink in three and a half years. And for some reason, and it was the devil, literally the devil yeah. just pops in. He can pop into your head. Oh, and, yeah. and in, 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 in an addict's 
um, mind, all you have to do is think about it once and think, I want that. And, mm-hmm. and so I went into a bar, it was a wine bar. I ordered a, a glass of red wine. And all, so all it took was one glass of red wine and I was on another eight year binge. Yeah. See, and so I know where that one drink will take me. Yeah. And seeing so many people get tripped up with that, you know, yeah. they get a little clean time. They think, oh, I can handle yeah, that. Yeah, self-esteem starts feeling, sure. you know, start coming back. Yeah, you know, yeah. Life, life's okay. Right. And and then, you know, I always encourage people to understand this, too. And this is why I'm talking about this so much tonight. Anytime from Halloween to New Year's, I call that relapse season. That's a dangerous time, yeah. Most people between Halloween and New Year's, that's a very festive time of the year, and everybody's in a celebration mode sure. because of the holidays. There are more relapses that happen during that time. So just be be aware of that. I mean, and and don't don't fall for the okie doke, man. Don't don't go for the banana in the tailpipe trick. Don't well man, you know, I haven't drank in X amount of years. You know, what is one little drink gonna hurt? I can tell you. <laughs> I can tell you for sure. <laughs> One drink took me on an eight-year binge, and in that eight-year binge, probably every single day I wanted to die, and it and seriously, I mean, it was, it was I didn't I I hated myself, and it was I hated who who I had become. I was not a good person. I wasn't an honest person. Um, I wasn't doing anything that was fulfilling to me and or for me. And you know, I had I really had alienated everyone in my life. <clears throat> and and it was just you know it was it was miserable. Well, actually, you know, a lot of people think when they're when they're drinking that they're having fun, and they're not. Uh, it's alcohol is a depressant. Yeah, and, and I don't yeah. know how many how many times I've <laughs> I've told that to people, and they're like, no, that's not it. I'm like, how do you feel the next day? Oh, okay, maybe yeah. so. Uh, I I don't remember what I did last right, night. Right, right. Hey, do, hey, don't you guys go anywhere. We're going to take one more break here at 93.7, the ticket to get you happy on hour. We'll be right back. Hi everyone, Kendall Warnock. Back to the Get Your Happy on Hour, featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. Hey, we back. Say, uh, Austin, welcome back. Thanks, Ricky. Good to be back. Hey, look, man, I want to, before we finish this thing up, I need to see, has anybody chimed in over there? Oh, we got all sorts of people. What? No shocker. We got Brett. Brett, what's up down there, man? Little brother doing big things in Tulsa. All right. We got Rodney Lewis. Lou Lovely. Hey, man, I appreciate <laughs> you, boy. You know I appreciate you, Rodney. Thank you, man, for tuning in. We got Odious Lee. What? Odious. Big brother Odious Lee, I heard you was out there cooking, man, yesterday. Oh, but I expect big things like that out of you, man. Keep doing what you do. And we got Carla. Carla, now, I don't know what part of the world you in, but last time I checked, you were somewhere around Germany or something. So if you listening from Germany, homegirl, you know what? Appreciate you showing love to your homeboy. Keep doing big things. You know, man, I'll be honest with you. It means a lot to me when people listen to the show because my goal with this show is to try to educate, help people, and make people laugh and smile because that's why we call it to get you happy on hour. 
you know, and I just want to thank you again too, Bob, for your honesty and sure. the fact that you was willing to share some of the stuff that you share. That's not easy to do. No. And I, and no, I no. just want you to know that I don't take that for granted as well. And don't worry about Heavenly Waffles, man. You're going to stay in business. <laughs> me and Otis are going to make sure of that. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're going to be all right. It's going to be fun. Watching the progress uh, over the last year, the progress and the growth of our company is just its astounding. And you just brought on a bunch of new people? We did. We brought on a CEO, a CFO, a chief marketing officer. And so now Kathy and I can do the things that we do best. They right. can do the things that they do best. And we'll be able to take it to to the next level and make Heavenly Waffles a household name. That's that's the goal is to make Heavenly Waffles a household name. And it really it doesn't have anything about money. We were offered twenty million dollars a couple of years ago, and um, I didn't even consult Kathy about it. I said I said I said to him I said um, I said no. Then what would I do? I'm like I I'm not I'm not done yet. I want to be the one driving the ship when we became become a household name. I don't I don't want to be sitting on the sidelines saying, yeah, that that used Yeah, I used to, be, to own that. That used to be my company. Yeah. Um so nobody's going to believe you no way. Right. Well, you know, my, my pictures matter. on the back of the bag. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> but you know, they got Photoshop. That's very true. <laughs> They'll be like, "No, man, that dude's a drug addict." Right. Man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know how I go. Oh, I do. And, I do. And even when you do become famous, you know, there's going to be some People, I call them haters. You know, I actually love haters. And for those of you out there that don't have nobody to hate on, feel free to hate on your boy. I love you. I need you. You're my inspiration. There we go. <laughs> That's really funny. That is funny. You know, but I will say this, man. Uh, again, to the to the listeners, we just want to help. You know, and that's what this show is about. Right. Trying to help people, man. Especially the people that are struggling in silence. You know, everybody don't want nobody to know they're struggling, you know, right. and I get that. So I hope we made it a little easier for you to admit because you're look, you know, you're actually listening to the two guys that has done enough not to be here. Right. When I think, I, you know, so often I'll, I'll tell people if if I can do this, anybody can. If, oh, absolutely. If I can stop doing what I was doing, anybody can do it because I was naughty. You were naughty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, my, my on and off button was broke. So I couldn't quit. So I get it. I know if I can stop, it, it is definitely possible. Right. But you know, I wanna I wanna wrap this show up, man, with uh with what I always wrap it up with is every day that you're blessed to see, it truly is another day in paradise. And I want you guys to understand that. That's not just a saying, that's 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 real. And people don't want to focus on what's real no more. So as I always say. You got to get your happy on, but I'm going to say it like this. Every day you blessed to see is just another day in paradise. No matter what, you got to get your happy on. <laughs> Y'all take it easy, man. I love it. I'll see you next week.